the comic book pit. Okay. started recording, I figure we can just add Sean in whenever he gets here. Yeah, well, I, I did too. <laughs> I'm always recording. I'm like the NSA, folks. <laughs> if you're talking to me on Skype, just know that there's going to be a record of it somewhere. Jared's always mic'd for sound. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't... Does anybody... This is a dumb question, but does anybody know what number we are on? Because... I never know oh that God. because I can't. Out. I can't bring up. It's like Chrome is being a dick. Hold up, and it won't bring up any. Wrong podcast. I can find that for you. I want to. Is it like two twenty one? Okay, I was going to say. I thought the last one was two twenty. So we're on episode two twenty one. Yes. Welcome to episode 221 of Comic Book Pit. Comic Book Pit? I'm Dan. I'm Scott. And I'm Jared. (laughs) And we are wild and crazy guys. Speaking of old. Welcome to the WCPP Morning Show. (laughs) Oh my god. It's 8.57 (laughs) a.m. And if you're on Parkway West, look out. It's backed up, Ron Greensburg. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there it is. Green tree. Who cares? And I ruined the bit. <laughs> Two twenty-one. Okay, there we are. Win lunch for you and three of your coworkers at Fridays this Wednesday. <laughs> hey, I feel like I should apologize for episode two twenty. It looks like we didn't get that many hits. Uh, yeah, I'd say don't um, post it at ten o'clock on a Sunday. I don't know who okay. did that. But yeah, okay. I th- yeah, I thought I'd try something different. <laughs> you know. It, it's rivaling an episode of Figure It Out. In fact, I think it is rivaling last week's episode of Figure It Out. Yeah, I thought, I thought there was something, like, wrong. But I, think it's just a, I just think it's a... Just an aberration. The timing. It's stuck at three. People are yeah, on... It's, oh, it's maybe. Weird. But people are on eBay at that time. They're not listening to podcasts. So. My guess is... Um, well, 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 we should well, probably do a survey. My guess is people probably go to the show based on when they find it in their feed on social media. Oh yeah, and, and they just pushed. It got buried for time. Yeah, mm. that's that's probably accurate. So I guess the aggregators don't don't really do much as far as drumming up business, mm. like the the iTunes or the, uh, the Stitchers. My and, and, and my theory was it would show up like on a Monday morning. And you so, can like, schedule them. Well, I'm just thinking like it would you know show up in someone you know what I mean like it, it would mm-hmm. show up in the beginning of the week and somebody would listen to it. Throughout the, you know, at some point throughout the week, but apparently only three people did. 
<laughs> yeah, just just bizarre. That's had that's got to be the absolute lowest we've ever had. Guys, there's episodes that figured out that I would have killed to get three. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the life we're saying, of, the life of a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're saying well, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a whole other episode of us to listen to if you feel so inclined. Yeah. That's right. We're still on the air. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why they're not listening. Maybe. No. Two conversations. Well, I think maybe Scott took the entire CBP nation with him to New York. Oh, yeah. Is that what happened? That's probably... That I think right? everybody was just like, what, the Duke's not on this episode? Forget <laughs> it. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> what, the Duke? I believe it. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, I was fortunate... I was one of the fortunate few 150-ish thousand people that got to go to a New York Comic Con. <laughs> because it sold out, but uh, I don't know. You know, it is like, seriously, like luck and timing and everything else to get tickets. And, um, oh, that's weird. Uh, oh my god, where do I start? Ask me about it. <laughs> well, how was it? How how how'd you, how'd it go? Well, let, well, let's just say. Well, first, you just went up there. It was just you and your girlfriend, Crystal, and not yeah. just as fans, not as the show. Right. You guys were just going up there as fans. Fan, fans. Fans. So it wasn't like the last time when we had like a table as our home base. Right. You were just out there. So what was that like? Like at least when we were in podcast alley. We, like I said, we had a home base where we could at least sit and put our feet down, you know, put our feet up and like, yeah. we, you know, we could bring stuff back to the table and relax a little bit. So what was it like just being out there all day? Um, oh my God, it was exhausting. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, we'll st- oh, start us, start us from day one. Like, just tell us what okay. it was. Yeah, right, just to start from the beginning. All right, so I, I, sorry, I was, I'm actually trying, I was trying to pull pictures oh, okay. to reference, but I don't think I'm going to get them. So I'm just going to pull this all out of my memory. Um, but day one, we, we wanted to go see the, the Dark Horse panel, or Dark Horse, the DC Comics panel for, uh, Dark Knight 3, uh, basically 30 years of the Dark Knight. Cool. And, um, and of course, you know, DC's gonna capitalize on that, so they're, you know, they're coming out with a new book soon enough. Um, and the way it started out, you know, like, well, oh my god, first of all, like, you, when you walk in, like, this is, I, I gotta give, I'm gonna back up even more. I gotta give, um, Reed Pop props, because they, they put on a great show. But the, uh, you know, like, they, they had this line, like we walked in early thinking like, oh, we got to get in there early. We're going to stand in line all morning. We shot right through that front door immediately. Like, I don't know what time it was, like nine o'clock and the show opened at 10 and they were already rifling people through the front doors. So no standing on the street, which was awesome. Um, they they designed a, a five line queue line for the main hall because they have five panels a day. In the main, in the main exhibitor, or, you know, in the main hall, main stage. 
And so they, they would funnel you. If you wanted to go to one of those, you could get in line, and they would give you a bracelet at a certain time, and then you had the option to jump out of line and jump in another line, or you could jump in the other line, which was queuing to go into where all the retailers were, which I thought was like, this is a great idea because they got most of the people off the street, which was what really needed, you know, two years ago. I, I think we remember how long those lines were. Um, I remember not having to wait in them because we had special access. Yes. Yeah, remember that? We were like, mm-hmm. we felt like we were privileged because we were like, oh, my God, we can walk past everybody mm-hmm. and just get right in. But, like, honestly, they made it so most of the people got inside the building right away. And I don't know if there was a line that went out the door, but we weren't in it. And we were we were there fairly early. And um, so, like, right away, though, we're like, it's the first um, panel of the day was the D.C. one. And it was at 11 a.m. And we're like, we got to get in line. So got in that line right away. We got our wristbands. And, you know, the smart thing to do was to just wait, you know, so we didn't try to jump in any other lines. Hey, Duke. Yeah. I'm going to just interrupt you for one second. Okay. I'm going to bring in a special guest. (gasps) Oh, my God. Mr. Sean Atkins, are you there? He's not there yet. Hold on. I thought you were going to say Frank. No. Spoilers, Duke. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Anyway, so, Uh, yeah, it's still... Yeah, continue. continue. Sorry. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so we're waiting in line, and uh, and that didn't seem like it took very long, and they let us into the panel, and um, you know, we knew, you know, the the moderator came out, and he was introducing everybody, and it was uh, Andy Kubert, Klaus Jansen, um, uh, Brian Azzarello, and who was the other guy? Before the guy. Mm. Oh, Jim Lee. Oh, that guy. <laughs> oh, that, that guy. So they brought those four out, and everybody's like, this is awesome. And they were like, they started showing artwork, and everybody's like cheering. You know, they're showing the original Dark Knight stuff. And then the guy's like, hold on. Um, apparently, we, we didn't, you know, we didn't do this right. Apparently, we have another guest. And sure enough, Frank Miller comes out on stage. Nice. And it was just like the place just went insane. And... What was awesome, like, I don't know if you've, if you've ever seen Brian Azzarello in person. He's yeah. like, he's, you know, probably my age or younger. Um, but he kind of carries himself like an old guy. You know, like he's got like the crazy beard and, <laughs> you know, the, the, the bald head and just, he just looks like he's, you know, you know, he's going to be cranky. And gotcha. he was, he was a little bit okay. cranky. And, Frank Miller is just equally cranky. And what was awesome though is they both, you could tell they both don't like doing panels, but they were having a fun time, you know, just kind of goofing around and like, they're like, we don't know how, you know, what do you want from us? You know, this kind of <laughs> weird attitude, but they were awesome. Like it was like, um, you know, being like a family reunion and your and your family's kind of nutty, you know. So you're thinking like, you know, because like Frank Miller, you're thinking like he's like your grandpa or something now, and you just forgive him for any kind of goofy stuff that he says, you know, which was fun. Like I like I say, kind of like kind of like, like your like if you have like a 
grandparents had still called African American people colored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is kind of like that. You're or, like, you know, oh, they wrote what? <laughs> oh, the colored. What? What a... Great timing, Sean. Wow. We're, no, we're, we're, we're talking about expert witness on the subject. <laughs> that was funny. We're talking about uh, cranky old uh, Uncle Frank Miller. Yeah. Frank. Him again. Yeah. <laughs> the day Frank Miller came to New York City Comic Con. Well, Scott, Scott, I want to add, you look like you had a pretty good seat. For we the did. Band. So you guys, it was it like, I guess two years, is it the thing where you like go, it's downstairs, like under in the, the, the bowels of the Javits Center or where the, the panels are held? You know what? It was not, you know, it was weird how, um, let's see. It was downstairs in the bowels, but it wasn't back far, you know, far back that hallway. Like a lot of, you know, how all the other right. panels were down the big giant hallway way behind somewhere in somewhere else. Right. And apparently there was also ones that were off site, which I didn't even realize. Oh, oh my. Yeah, it was that big. And, um, so they, they, but you come down the escalator and you're immediately in the queue room. Okay. And then. Um, just to, you know, just to the side of that queue room is the main stage. So, um, you know, like it was really easy and like we got, we did, we got right up front and, um, uh, oh, okay. So some of the, the Frank Miller thing was kind of funny. Um, the reactions of the audience was funny. Explain. Hmm? I, I don't know what Frank Miller did other than be a crotchety old man. <laughs> he did the Dark Knight Returns in the I 80s. think he meant at the panel. Too, oh, at the panel? Yeah. I don't, I don't oh, know. sorry. I didn't I know where. I think he was being where. pretty specific in his question right there. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, let's see. Okay, so. so Frank Miller came out at the panel. Yeah, so one of, so like they had, a, they had like a cue. You know, it took a while for him to kind of warm up, you know, uh, get comfortable talking yeah. about stuff, but he basically insisted that Brian Azzarello is writing the new Dark Knight material, um, and that he is a consultant. Like, he is not writing it. Um, you know, everybody had, you know, they they posted the uh, the, inf- the now infamous drawing of uh, Superman punching the atom, yeah. and everybody, yes. everybody had questions about the, you know, Frank Miller's drawing prowess at that point. Um, and, you know, somebody asked him about it, and it was kind of funny, because, you know, during the Q&A part, and uh, somebody asked, you know, uh, if he did try to render Superman's dong, you know, <laughs> uh, in that image, and Frank's like, you know, well, you know, it's up to you, you know, to decide what I drew, you know, <laughs> and so he wouldn't answer, but basically, uh, the moderator's like, hey, we went 45 minutes without somebody bringing that up, and... Then there were just, uh, questions, uh, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't answer with more than yes or no. And then they just l- would laugh. And the moders- moderator's like, hey, that's how panels go. Let's move <laughs> on. You know, that kind of thing. But, they were um, trying to, uh, get backwards. scoops. Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, that's what it was. It's like, I think people were trying to get them to scoop a little. And one of the, here's where the awkward, the awkwardness of that panel was, was, People would ask Frank, like, hey, are you ever going to direct again? And he's like, yeah, when my phone rings. 
<laughs> and everybody's just like, ooh. <laughs> he's like, he's like, if nobody's calling, I guess I'm not doing that. You know? <laughs> and it was like, oh. how, how like, did so he how was that Daredevil, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> how did he seem health-wise? Uh, health-wise, I thought he looked okay. Um, you know, he looks like an old guy. You know, he looks. But he's not. He's, he's 58. Fifty-seven. He looks older really? than that. I thought he was in his seventies. No, he looks, he's in his late fifties. Yeah, drinking that children. Case, that's what the drinking will do to you. Yeah, in that case, I would say he's uh, he's looking to be in his sixties or seventies. Well, I mean, there's um, there's speculation he he's got a he's ill. Yeah, that it, it's not just hard. Well, I mean, hard maybe hard living, but I mean, I would say there's speculation of cancer. So I was just curious, how did right. he? Look, did he seem vibrant or did he seem a little frailish or? He was, he was a little frailish, um, probably a little bit, kind of had that deer in the headlights look, you know, like you do on stage. And to be fair, Azarello did too. I mean, Azarello was really not comfortable in front of that large of an audience, which was, okay. which I thought was yeah. funny because the artists were actually better. Like Andy, Andy Kubert, uh, was awesome. Jim Lee, that dude is just unbelievable. Like, he's so well-spoken. Um, you know, and then he, like, and somebody asked him about uh, um, getting into the business or something. You know, it was some weird question like that. Or, like, okay. or, or you know what it was? Is What's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you as a creator? Some goofy question like that, and and, you know, Brian Azrell and Frank Miller both made jokes about it, and they wouldn't answer. And, and then Jim Lee's like, he took the time and, and told this whole story about how he became an artist. Hmm. And hmm. how he used to, um, he said he almost went to medical school. And when after he read The Dark Knight Returns, and he decided that he wanted to give art, another, you know, comics, another chance. And so... And so he, um, you know, would sleep in his bed, and then he had a desk in his bedroom in his parents' house, and he would roll out of bed into his de- into his chair and start drawing. And he would draw, and he said he drew every day for six months before he got any work. And he was like, that's what you have to do, you know. Oh, that's what it was. Like, somebody was asking, you know, like, as far as pitching their story at, at the con. Okay. And he's he's like you have to he basically his advice was, you know, you should team up with an artist um and and offer it up that way so that you know, it's easier to digest, you know, instead of reading a script, um it's easier to just look at a finished comic book page. He basically was like make your com- make your comic and then show it to us. Um but Jim yeah, Jim Lee was just excellent. Like as far as like I was like how People, you know, everybody asking more questions. Now, <laughs> now, Duke, did did anybody bring up to since both Jim Lee and Frank Miller were there? Mm-hmm. Did anybody bring up uh, the rumored return of All Star Batman and Robin? Oh, um, they did, and and of course they just kind of went. Well, I don't know, you know. They just brushed it off. Yeah, they wouldn't say, you know, okay. because. Uh, like, I forget who the, the moderator was, um, 
you know, a guy at DC, but he, he basically said how even a project like Dark Knight, uh, what they've been working on has been secretive. They've been working on it for two years and only now are letting that out. And they, and I think that was kind of their, their thing with that. They're like, we're really not going to, we're not going to tell you because. You know, they've been working on it for like 10 years. Yeah. Maybe they're working <laughs> on it. Maybe they aren't, but they don't want to say until they have, you know, till it's time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that panel, that panel was excellent right out the gates. And so it was off to a good start. Yeah, that was a good start. Um, the rest of the week, we actually didn't make it to any other pan- panels, which was <laughs> kind of weird, but, um, the only, the only other one I really wanted to see was the Jessica Jones. Um, you know, they're premiering the, uh, the show, I think. Yes. You and didn't see it? No, I didn't see it. Um, I'm sure everybody, this is what's so funny. I was thinking about this because when I got back and the people, you know, the guys I work with, they were all telling me about the things that they saw on the internet from New York. And I, and I felt like I was in the infantry and they were at some, you know, some secret base watching all the intel come in. Well, that's what happens when you're in the shit, Scott. Yeah, then that's pretty much it. Yeah, you're in the shit. Because <laughs> I'm like, I didn't hear, I didn't know about that. I didn't know yeah. Colonel Sanders had a comic book, yeah. you know. Drawn by Tom Grummet, it appears. Oh, really? That's, See? Like, yeah, that, I, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's called the, like, the, the Colonel of Two Worlds, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Yeah, well, Colonel, I, Colonel Sanders teamed up with The Flash and Green Lantern. Yeah, it's a crossover with DC Comics. And what's strange what? is we we actually spent... <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I, I was like, how did I not hear about this at the show? Because we actually spent a considerable amount of time at the DC it's, booth. Not it's not like a DC booth. That doesn't sound right. No! <laughs> Here, um, I'm going to your link, Sean Atkins. This must be a hallucination. <laughs> not a time. Not a, it's oh. not... Sean's like, um, I, 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 I wandered, too. Sean's like, I wandered under the wrong podcast. Not a hoax. Yeah. I forget how that goes, but. Yeah, not a, not a, everyone room, gets not it. A hoax, something. And, no, but we, um, let's see, uh, the Jessica Jones panel, we, we thought we could get in because we're like, ah, oh, who care, you know, who's gonna care about that? Oh, Scott. <laughs> oh, the comic. Little did we know that, you know, Doctor Who himself was gonna be there. On the panel, um, oh, oh, David Tennant. Uh, yeah, David Tennant, of course, is playing the Purple Man in the show. Yes. Um, but we didn't know he was going to be on panel, and apparently that caught wind. There were people out there at three in the morning waiting for a five for a five p.m. panel. Yeah. So we're like, huh? What? I guess <laughs> we're not going to that one. Gadzooks. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, so what you do? Oh, I've been standing outside the last 14 hours to uh, catch a glimpse of the 10th Doctor. Yeah. 3 a.m. Um, oh, but we did oh. see, uh, Fandom will do that to you. I forget her name. Risk Ritter, uh, that's playing just Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Shikshini. We saw her walk by. Oh. Yeah, we were chilling in the hallway and she, she was walking by probably go, to go to that panel. Um, you know, with, with, a you know, an entourage. Oh, I can imagine. Um, She's yeah. Pennsylvanian. She's from, oh, uh, she is. Nipa. Yeah, she's Shinny. Nice. 
Uh, the only other time, because I, I, I looked her up because I thought she was related to John Ritter, which I'm sure I'm not the only one to be like, oh, I wonder. Right. Yeah. And then it turns out she's from an obscure eastern Pennsylvania town that I'd only heard randomly on the news growing up. Yeah. It's fun to say. If everyone wants to try it, we'll wait. <laughs> yeah. um, Six Shinny. <laughs> um, I don't even know where Williamsport is. Well, um, don't worry. They're doing fine, so you owe too. <laughs> I sent a couple packages there. Really? Why? Because it's my job. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you made it sound like uh, like you have family or friends in the area. Yeah, I thought you were sending like copies of Explorers or something up there. Oh, boring. So, um, Scott, how was you saw it was packed with people? Yes, we established that the panels were a fierce competition. We've established that. Um, how was the the cosplayers? Cosplay? Were, were they well behaved? Uh, oh yeah, hey, cosplay is not is consent. It, or is it, is it their world and we just live in it? Yeah, cosplay is not consent. That's what I mean. <laughs> Apparently. So, <laughs> they told us everywhere. Um, I, I'm sure, uh, yeah, you see, we saw that at Pittsburgh too, but that's not what I mean, yeah, Scott. Yeah. You know what I'm getting at. Well, they were well behaved, yes. Yes, I mean, did I took, but I did clog up aisles so they could take photos every two seconds. Stand I took plenty of pictures. Take photos. Um, Crystal, I was going to say Crystal uh, dressed up as the Mad Hatter on Saturday. Oh, there you go. And uh, she actually had an interview with the magazine, which I thought was really cool. And uh, so she she was interviewed because of her cosplay, which I thought that, you know, the, the guy, he selected, you know, three to five people, I think, and, you know, set up interviews, much like you did, Jared. Um, you know, he ran around, met up with people, and, you know, it was cool. Um, and then, uh, we met Doug Jones, which was cool. Um, Abe Sapien? Abe Sapien, yeah, we met uh, him, you know. Point. Coaches from Falling Skies, you know, and other things. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, but, uh, actually, this was pretty cool. Um, we were walking around the show and saw something at the IDW booth, and I was just like, oh, I wonder what that is. And I walk over, and, um, Walt Simonson's sitting there. Like, right, and he's like, hey man, how you doing? And he's, and I was like, oh, I'm good. And he's like, well, I'm Walt Simonson. And I'm like, I know who you are. And he's like, well, I don't want to presume, you know. And, um, and then he's like, hey, would you like to buy my book? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And he's like, well, let me tell you about it. And I'm like, okay. You made Walt Simonson do a hard sell? <laughs> no, he didn't. You know what's funny is, he was like, our friend Barry Link, and if Barry's listening, he'll understand. He, this dude was just like, I'm going to tell you about my book. I don't care, you know, like he was, he told me about everything. It was for, it was for his book Ragnarok. Okay. Um, which has been out for a year. Of course, I don't realize this. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that. Who and, are you again? Yeah. And I'm like, but is that issue one? Can I, you know, and, uh, so it's, Basically, a retelling of like Thor and you know and all this you know Norse stuff, and he, I mean, he's telling me stuff that's going to happen you know three volumes down the line. You should and, be like you know people tried that at the, the Dark Knight three panel didn't pass you, Walt <laughs> Simonson. Yeah. You just give away the store. Yeah, he's telling like me everything. All right. So 
And then, like, other people had walked up, and they're listening, and I felt like, oh, my God, I, you know, I'm stuck in the headlights now because he's telling me so much that I'm like, no matter what number he says, I have to buy this book because I'm going to look like the biggest jerk if I walk away. And I'm like, he's going to say 20, he's going to say $20. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't, you know, I was like, I can't spend that much. And I'm like, all right, maybe it'll be 10. So in my head, the whole time I'm going 10 or 20, 10 or 20, what is he going to say? He goes, he goes, well, you can check out issue one for $5. <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just thinking like, I'm an idiot. And so then I was like, well, can I take a picture? You know, just like have, you know, you're, he's, he was drawing his, he's doing like, his. Sure, uh, that'll be $85. Yeah, uh, sure, Mr. Simonson. Um, but I asked him if I could take a picture, and he's he's like, well, yeah, let me uh, let me come out from behind the booth, and we'll get a picture together. And I was like, okay. And I was like, holy crap. So, so there's a photo of you with Walt Simonson? Yeah, I'm actually working on downloading them right now. So. Oh, okay. Well, um, I don't need to get on your Facebook page. No, I don't have, yeah, I, I haven't had a chance. Um, but, uh, oh, I see it there. I see it all uploading. Cool. Well, we have to post them. Um, we can, like, link them in some jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we met a, we met a lot of, we met a lot of artists. This was, like, for us, this was the best part of the show. Um, we did go after a few of the, you know, like, the collectibles. Um, but the best part of the show was the artist alley. Which I think that's what we said two years ago too. We were just like, mm-hmm. it's the best. Um, it really was. That's, I spent more money there than anywhere else in the show because I was like, I have to have the, you know, this, you know, or that. And, um, the, uh, little known person, you know, who's awesome is, um, uh, this girl Chrissy Chung that I met two years ago at the show. And I bought her, I bought a Star Wars print from her. And, um, she came, she actually came to our booth. I don't know if you guys remember this, but she came to our booth and bought our pack of comics. I, now that you say it, kind yeah. of. Yeah, kind of. So I, I walk up and I'm looking at her stuff and she's, she's like, who are you? She's like, I remember you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was here two years ago with the Did she do comics. something Star Wars based? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. And she's like, I remember you. She's like, yeah, you, you had the podcast. And I was like, yeah, we're, you know, it was us. And, you know, so I'm talking and I'm like, this is awesome. Well, it, of course she had two more prints that I, that I wanted and they were like 20 bucks a piece. And I just was like, I, I just bought something else from Chris Trevis, another Star Wars artist guy. And from Aunt Lucia, I bought a print from him who does all the bombshell DC oh, yeah. covers. I was like, I've spent so much money. I'm like, I just want to get the one print. I just want Empire Strikes Back. And she's like, she's like, would you take the Jedi one for ten more dollars? And I was like, yes, I would. So <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, because I was like, oh, that's so cool. And she's like telling her friend, she's like, you know, no, this guy's cool. We're giving him a discount. I was like, oh, thanks. So that was cool. And then um, we met John Tyler Christopher, who does uh, Star Wars Star Wars covers. 
he does a lot of covers for Marvel, um, usually the action figure variant covers. That wasn't me. M- Millie doesn't like that. Oh, yeah. And this guy, holy crap, he starts, I said, hey, I bought the Boba Fett covers. And he's like, thank you. He's like, my family thanks you. And I'm like, what? What? And he's like. And they all came out and personally thanked you. Yeah, Except and they all shook my hand. No, his, um, wife, his, his mother, his mother-in-law, and his 15 kids. So like, thank you, Mr. Heaven. We eat this month. <laughs> Honestly, that's what happened is he he wanted to have a product for his website, and he fronted the money for the print run for the Boba Fett cover. And he basically had 3,000 printed, paid out of pocket, and he said he put his house up against, you know, like his mortgage or whatever, however you do that. Wow. Yeah, to front, to front the money. Um, he goes, so if it didn't sell, I, I would have been on the street. Yeah. I'm going to make a fort out of them and live on that. <laughs> exactly. He's like, so thank you for supporting me. And I was like, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, then we just talked some, I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know? And not for nothing, I have 2,999 more. <laughs> yeah. I interest you in those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. They, in honesty, and honestly, that first run that he did, it sold out in under 24 hours. Oh, good for him. Yeah, and then he did a black and white edition, and that sold out in like three hours, I think. So he's that, doing fine. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah, but, but no, you know, I mean, that, that's kind of scary too, because it could have very easily gone the other way. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a significant <laughs> risk. Um, and then we met another guy. I, dang it, I. I asked Crystal before the show started. I already forgot his name. Um, another artist. He does artwork for The Hobbit, like the old books, like the original stuff. And he's like this little old man, an English dude. He looks like a hobbit. He dresses like a hobbit. And he's selling these prints, and Crystal bought one, and... He's like, let me uh, let me draw on the on the side of that for you too, and he does what the, what what's called a remark on a print, and he did it you know free of charge. He just sold us the print, and he and he drew this amazing pencil sketch on the side of Bilbo Baggins. And it was like, oh, you know, and it's like this room is amazing. <laughs> so it was stuff like that um, that really. Made the weekend, you know. I Sounds mean, like you had a lot of fun. It it was a lot of fun, but I was after only two days completely exhausted. And um, Sunday was pretty much just a wrap up for us. Like we just kind of went around and did a few more things. Um, but it was just it was excellent. So cool. Did you go to that diner in New Jersey? No, not this time. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, now you guys, I mean, you, this time you guys stayed in the city, right? We stayed in the city, um, and um, that was fun because Crystal was dressed up as Mad Hatter, and we're walking around New York City, and, you know, we had people asking for pictures, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just asking her about her costume, <laughs> and, and, like, overheard one person saying, uh, you know, we're not getting a picture because they, they'll want a tip. <laughs> you know, 
And she's like, no. <laughs> so they they thought she was one like one of the street performers, right? Yeah, that that basically <laughs> which I mean, you know, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I would probably think the same thing if I didn't know there was a comic show in town or something, or didn't know the difference between. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And there was people asking. It was cool, you know, and like um, we ate it. You know, we found like a dollar dollar slice pizza place and. You know, it's just kind of that thing. We're like, let's do New York. You know, let's do it. You know, the way New Yorkers would do it. So yeah, we we had a good time. But uh, you gonna go back? I definitely want to go back. I don't know if it's in the cards for this next year, as we are trying to already figure out what we can do. But uh, we had some advantages, I will say, you know, because she had worked at a hotel and we had a discount. Oh yeah. So we definitely had an advantage there, but that's gone. Yeah, and that's gone. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, still, I mean, it sounds like you guys had a great time, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the pictures. I mean, I was definitely envious, and I just some of the pictures you did send, like you saw Todd McFarlane just hanging out. Oh yeah, Todd. Oh my God, Todd. McFarlane was at his booth, McFarlane Toys, and he was signing autographs basically for free. Um, you, if you, you just walk up, and I didn't do it because I didn't want to be that guy, but there was like people just walking up and holding their badges out, and he was signing them. And it was cool, you know. It was just like this guy's awesome, you know. He's just hanging out with everybody, and uh, you know, Jay Scott Campbell was there, and you know, hanging out at his booth, and um. You know, and then the displays, and I think it's called Weta. Uh, they do a lot of, like, Lord of the Rings type stuff. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the special effects. Yeah. The special effects. Mm-hmm. It was Their booth was unbelievable. Um, suits of armor everywhere, you know, displays. And, uh, you know, that stuff. You know, it's just larger than life. Um, oh, and I will say about the cosplayers, which was kind of funny, but all the notable ones, like all the, the you know, the hottie toddies, um, we didn't see them. Like, they weren't at their booths whenever we went by. So Wait, the like, what? Hottie toddies. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Grandpa. I don't know what is that is. Is that what they're actually called? Or is that, or is that I don't what, know. Is that what you call them? I don't know what they're What are you them. trying to say? The, the, you know, <laughs> You're the, insulting someone, but I'm not sure what. The, cup, the cupcake brand of uh, cosplay. The hot girls. Know. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, the quote-unquote booth babes? If you will, or well, they seem you know, like cosplayers that the scantily clad cosplayers that just walk around. Usually the ones, usually the ones, uh, yeah, that kind of you know take a deep breath and. Uh, well, I thought they were trying to clean up cosplaying in general. Well, across no, the board. I, here's the thing, like they, they, I think they have, and and these girls, honestly, they do it in a way that it's not dirty. You know, they're not trying to be dirty. It's just you know cute. It's just that pinup kind of thing that um you know you've seen in art forever mm-hmm. and but i just didn't like that you know it's like middle of the day and they're not at their booth i was like what the oh okay so they had booths and they weren't at yes them. yeah they they were there oh, as high as you know like companies hire them to actually be present at their booth and it's like well where are they you know uh, and you know and i'm just being okay. crotchety but you know <laughs> But I wanted to see scantily clad ladies. I should have seen something there, you know. 
Um, it's I, two in the afternoon, and I want to see butt cheeks hanging out. <laughs> I came all this way. I can't see this anywhere else. Not to say that we didn't see some. <laughs> I want to get the whole New York experience. <laughs> there was plenty to see <laughs> of all shapes and sizes. And Oh, and you know what else? Um, there were plenty of um, – there was more this year, but there was more um, whatever they call that, you know, uh, gender bending. books? Oh. <laughs> yeah, comic books. What? Um, gender bending cosplay. I gotcha. Yeah, where where the guys were wearing the girls' outfits. There was tons of that going on. To be like and, big hairy dudes wearing like Wonder Woman's corset. Yeah, it was stuff like that. Like these, it's not even exaggerating. Um, and the other thing, which was cool because of the the date, which I believe it's today. Um. Tons of Marty McFlies. Uh, it's, it's next week. No, yeah, it's next. Is it next the 21st. Week? Yep. Oh, okay. All right. But, yeah, there was tons because they were doing, like, a promo. If you showed up dressed up as Marty or a doc, um, they would give you the, the new Pepsi bottle. Ah, the Pepsi Perfect. Pep, yeah, Pepsi Perfect. Hmm. So there was tons of Martys running around. That's hilarious. You know, non-working hoverboards. Um, <laughs> really? Non-working? Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was the future. I'm, I'm guessing the Nikes didn't lace themselves up either, did they? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> Movies are... Although I heard Nike's working on something like that. I think sure it was because are. of the movie. <laughs> Actually, have you guys seen that trailer for Jaws 19? I didn't see it. I heard there was one, but I didn't see it. So the only thing we got was a limited edition pe- pe- Pepsi Perfect. Pretty much. Mm. Hey, and, and the Mets might win, right? Is that who it was the Cubs. Or the Cubs? Yeah. So more importantly, Scott. That's a baseball question. Yeah. More importantly, and it's a sore subject to boot. Um, <laughs> Sorry. More importantly, how was the back the issue boxes? Back issue boxes? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, I didn't dig into them too deep. Uh, there were plenty to go through. Really? Yeah. Uh, does um, anybody actually goes there for comics? They have like their yes. Oh my god, dude! There were people. There was a lady, and she. This was awesome. The lady was dressed up. I forget what she was. I think is Storm, and she had a box full of comics, but they were not in a box. Like they were, you know, a, like a, a short box, and she was buying sets, and she just had a stack of them, and she's talking to me. She's like. Oh my god, I can't believe they have this book, you know, and she just is showing me all these books. And I'm like, she's gonna buy all those. You know, like and she was literally gonna buy like a half, you know, a short box of books. Hmm. Which I was like, okay. You know, and I mean there was there were some deals to be had uh in the comic boxes and you know, I thought a lot of people were taking advantage of that. Um so um, there was a lot of free stuff too. It's just like a, um, just everywhere we went, people were handing out stuff, you know, and, and I think I got, you know, six or ten comic books just from walking around. Now, now what, what about like con exclusives? Like what, like, because when we were there, like I, I got the, I got Rocket, the plush Rocket, Rocket. Raccoon. Oh, and, and that's like, what kind of con exclusives did they have this year? The big thing, you know, the big thing now it seems like is the pop. From pop vinyl figures from Funko, mm-hmm. um, and they 
we actually stood in line for those on Sunday because we could not get there early enough to get in line the other days. Um, they capped their lines. They had, they also had a ticket system and we were for, fortunate on that one to get in there. Um, and I got like a TIE fighter pilot, you know, that was a special New York Comic Con. And, um, um, the Stanley collectibles booth also had a Funko Stanley. And we got that one the one morning, and I swear we were the envy of the show. Like walking around with that thing, everybody was asking us where we got it. And um, you know, but it was it really was like Funko was the big thing, and then the uh, the next big thing was like <laughs> an art tube <laughs> of all things. A what? <laughs> yeah. What's you know, an art tube? Like, like, tube. like literally a tube that you roll up art and put it in. Yeah. There was a line, there was a car, some car company or some car lister and they had a thing. If you signed up at their website, you signed up on their website, showed them and they would give you a tube and, and there was a boot, there was a line around their, around their booth for these tubes. But you know what? We needed one. So we were like, we're getting in line, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, gotta have an art tube. Yeah, you know it's weird. You know, um, so it was just was it like a regular tube, or was it just like a, like tube a of green, art? like a green translucent plastic? You know, Did it have their brand? It does. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. And it had a comic book in it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like everyone had their own comic books, which was why I was bummed that I didn't get KFC one. Well, you can download it for free. Oh, okay. And, and Tom Grummet just did the cover. Oh, okay. Tom Durenick did the interiors. Um, Frank, also Pennsylvania. Oh, Frank Miller oh, and, did the interiors. Who? I said Frank Miller did the interiors. Oh, Frank oh. Miller. Hey, you know what? I, and he oh, drew the two things. dick, too, so deal with that. Two two more things. Um, in the in the never-ending battle of DC versus Marvel, I give I tip my hat to DC for their booth display this year. Um, I thought they had a better display than Marvel. Marvel's booth was completely overrun with people. Um, DC traditionally puts their booth out in the hallway, which actually was a lot nicer. Um, Did you go had, see the movie costumes? Yes. Yeah, you could walk right up, check everything out, check out the costumes. Um, they had you know some buttons and comic books to hand out. And um, they had plenty of cosplayers hanging around, too. Um, you know, just, you know, DC characters. So that was really cool to, you know, the closer you got to their booth, the more you got filled with DC-ness, you know. Mm. Um, but Marvel's booth was just packed with people and we couldn't see anything. So, um, oh, and the other thing I, I wanted to say about the Frank Miller drawing, um, his Superman Um, when he, when he talked about that drawing uh, and when they were talking about the concept, what they're doing with these books is like when you buy power of the atom with that, that cover, you're getting an ash can edition that ties into the dark Knight story. It's a mini comic too. A mini comic. Yeah. Oh my God. They're calling it it a mini comic. Oh, not an ash can. Not an ash can. It's just us. Right. And Jim rug. We tried. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, there's a mini comic in there, and I honestly think that he drew that more in the mind of, hey, this is going to be a mini comic. So you know, he just it looks more squiggly to me. I like uh, it. Sean and I no. discussed it last week on the Figure It Out podcast while we okay. were off, and uh, I'll just say I liked it. And I'll tell you what, what I first saw, it, I was like, ooh. But then as I looked at, it, I'm like, ah. And what did it for me was the right boot of Superman. I was like, that's cartooning. Like, yeah, yes. it, it doesn't look like the, you know the theme, you know, the, the thematically similar, but that's some cartooning right there. And so I'm down with it. I, you know what, I am on board with that now. Um, initially, I didn't like it, but I actually, because of that panel, I believe the colorist was actually the the problem with that piece, because the colorist colored it in a way that was real, and and forced you to see, you know, like he was trying to show shadows and stuff like that. And I really think if they just did like a flat, more of a flat effect on it, it would have the art would have been better received. And so I, I actually laid blame on colors for the the problem that people had with it. People like to crap on DC no matter what I they think, do. And I think and I'm saying that the colorist even did a good job. I just think that his style of coloring with that style of artwork did not go together. Now what were your thoughts on the Batman piece that he did? Oh oh yeah, it was Knucklefoot. Knucklefoot. <laughs> ah, it's you know, it's good. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is the audience kind of the, the audience didn't know how to react to a lot of that. Um, they reacted okay. very, very quickly to the original Dark Knight stuff, but when they showed like DK two, nobody yeah. nobody reacted. Crickets. Yeah, it was literally like crickets. And then when they showed some of the new artwork, people were quiet for the most part, but they seemed to like it. But I think it was more like, hey, this is brand new. We don't know how. You know <laughs> how much more this will be. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, and then they're like, "Hey, here's a Jim Lee piece," and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I never did read the second Dark Knight. Is it as bad as everyone claims? <sighs> I don't. You know what? I, it, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was a departure from the first one, which you know everyone rates as a classic. So when you when you read the second one, it's very jarring. And mm-hmm. on, upon a first read, I was like, "Oh, this is this is garbage." But I, I revisited it a few years ago, and as a collection, like not waiting for it, like month after month, or and there were probably, I'll, if I had to guess, I don't remember now, but when it first came out, I'm sure there were publishing delays. Mm-hmm. Um, reading it now, it actually reads better, I think, than when it first came out. Yeah, that's that's what the moderator said about DK2 as well. He felt that it was better reading it now. Um, and he did, he did a, he did note that it was not, uh, widely approved. You know, like people didn't really like it. I thought uh, they were trying to hide from it at the panel. Um, he just kind of, you know, he just kind of said, no. he said, uh, no, <laughs> critically panned or oh. something like that. You know, some kind of comment. He goes, but I, he goes, but I went back and read it recently. And I and he goes and he goes. You should be. You should reread it too. You'll be surprised. Yeah. It kind of it kind of reminds me of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where mm. it's not it's it's not everyone's favorite, and a lot of people will just publicly say no. It's you know, Temple of Doom is no good. But like I mean, years later, rewatching it, 
I mean, I still hate Kate Capshaw, but <laughs> I, I like Temple of Doom. It's a good movie. Yeah. So I kind of feel the same way about DK2, where at first, like, you know, people, they always want to compare things to the original with everything. Right. But taken on its own, you know, DK2 is a pretty solid story. I mean, right. and, and, and the art changes dramatically, too. This is when Frank Miller really changed his style from the first one like into the style that we more know today. Yeah. And that's what, that's what it is, is I think he, you know, somebody was trying to, so, Oh, um, geez. Uh, one writer went to bat for him on Twitter about that and basically said that he, you know, this is what he's, he's trying to interpret, uh, limitless power, you know, in his art, you know, like he's trying to illustrate how ridiculously powerful these, people are and so there's some ridiculousness to the you know to the way he illustrates them you know it's some weird thing like that yeah i don't gotta be it sounds like millie doesn't either yeah yeah millie he's all millie also is a frank miller's current style yeah no he's fine you know like as far as that goes um it was it's one of those things you know like you still have you know like it's like bands you know they had they may have had some hit singles you know but you'll still go see them even 20 years later you know and still cheer for them you know come on but uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i'll still go see poison they got some great hits hell yeah that's a great show you know and i'll still go see frank miller in in a panel you know um so yeah um, that's, that's it. All right. Well, it sounds like it was. Uh, I mean, I'm sure mere words can't describe. I mean, I mean, you did a great job, but yeah. it sounds like you know. Actually, you failed, Duke. I failed. You have, it, you know, Duke, you have failed this podcast. <laughs> I, I feel like I really do. I feel like I'm one infantryman reporting on a on an immense <laughs> battlefield, and you know, I I basically could only report on what I've. What I experienced. We lost a lot of good men at New York Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say we switch some gear, switch gears, and talk about some comics. Whew. Somebody take the lead here. <laughs> Scott, what'd you read this week? No. <laughs> um, well, I think we were gonna um, we were gonna start our uh, our monthly kind of book roundtable um, discussion. We were gonna do that a couple weeks ago. We didn't get started, but we were going to um, do it this week with uh, the new Doctor Strange number one. I think we all read it. Yeah. I yeah. started to read it. You read Good it. Enough. No, I'm just kidding. But that's because I didn't pay for it till 7 o'clock. Ah. Okay. Well, better late than never. <laughs> well, I was kind of like throughout the day, and I was like, man, do I really want to justify paying four ninety nine for a digital book? And I was like, all right, like around 7 o'clock. Yeah, we we covered that topic a few weeks ago. That's outrageous that they charge the same amount for a uh, digital version as they do the physical version. And why was it? Was it four ninety nine because it's new? I guess it seems like it's got a little more heft to it. I guess I don't know. I haven't read all the way through, so I'm kind of hoping that it's not your twenty two page comic. I'm kind of hoping it's it, yeah, like it, it, it has feels, a little more. Uh, it feels hefty. a little 
thicker, but I don't think by much. Well, you know, there's a, some sort of backup. Uh, yeah, there's thing. like a, well, there's, it's like a four page, four like maybe a five page backup, and yeah, um, right. Well, okay, so this is one of the first um, books from the uh, the new Marvel status quo. The is it the all new, all different Marvel now? Sure. Is that what they're calling it? I, I, I'm, yeah. I, I've lost track of all the prefixes. 32 pages of content, by the way. Okay. 26 for the main story and then the remainder for the back. Oh, and that's, that's your extra yeah. dollar. I, I, I think probably after this first issue, it'll probably drop down to three ninety nine. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. If not, it ain't going to It's going to get dropped one way or another. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, right, this is, as you were saying, Dan. Yeah, so this is... Uh, one of the first new books, um, I think that came out along with, uh, Invincible Iron Man and I think the Amazing Spider-Man, right? Those yeah. are the first three. Maybe yeah, there were some so. others, but so this is, uh, Jason Aaron and Chris, um, Bocciolo. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is all Doctor Strange, uh, being the, uh, Sorcerer Supreme and kind of the, you know, it, it, it almost has like a, Ghostbusters feel like who are you gonna call Doctor Strange? <laughs> like when you know there's um, you know your your kid is possessed, your your dog is walking on the ceiling, you've got something sp- strange, you know, yeah, spiders crawling out of your out of something an eyeball in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you got something like an eyeball growing out of your forehead. I mean, it's and um and he, you know and, and so he you know he's kind of like the the neighborhood. Mystic. I mean, he's still the Sorcerer Supreme. I mean, it's not like they're starting it from ground zero. Um, and he, uh, and it, it, it jumps, you know, it, it, what it has to kind of cool, like the first page has that, like the, they reprinted like, a, uh, the old Ditko stuff. Oh yeah. Which was pretty cool. Um, but then it just jumps right into the, uh, the Aaron and Bacalo, the Chalo, I forget how you pronounce his name, but, um, yeah, I thought call this, him Mr. B. There you go. <laughs> I thought this is a pretty cool story. I, I I I like it. I've never been like a huge Doctor Strange uh, fan, um, but this was um this was a lot of fun. And um, it's the same with like uh, the art. Like Chris Bocciolo is never uh, he's hit or miss with me just because sometimes I feel like there's some storytelling problems I have. With like the flow of his art, sometimes right. sometimes there's just too much stuff going on, and it's hard to, especially when he does his like double page spreads. Sometimes he, I, have, I have a hard time following the flow of the the narrative when he works without an editor. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think uh, there was only one part. <laughs> there was only there was only one point in this book where I I, I had to like back up and reread something because I felt a little lost, but um. No, overall, I, I I enjoyed this a lot, um, Duke. I, was, I find the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, as soon as I opened up the first page to see the first two page spread, there was something that jumped out at me that immediately immediately made me think of Scott. What's that? Uh, Wait, two page spread. Very beginning, two page spread. You'll okay. see it. When, whenever you see it, you'll you'll know. We're all looking now, wondering what I'm looking at it. Yeah. I definitely miss here. I just read it tonight. I feel like I missed something. Then it's it ties into uh, 
ties into Batman, Duke. <laughs> With the uh, the foot, the boot, the boot, <laughs> the giant, oh, the boot, the giant. Tread. Oh, I was on the wrong page. Okay, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh my god, it reminds me of Batman Hush. Batman's boot. Duke Duke hates Batman's boot. I just hate that boot. It's weird how with the giant treads. I think because you know, I guess I'm okay with the boot nowadays. You like this boot? You've, yeah, I'm okay with it. You've you, you, you've softened a little on on the giant treads. <laughs> I think my thing was is back then, like I just thought Batman should have been more of a ninja and had like ninja boots, but instead he just had you know hiking yeah. boots on. Yeah, look, Batman needs traction, Scott. What? Batman needs traction. On rooftops? I don't know. Yeah, maybe slippy. Yeah. It, maybe it is slippy up there. Um. Yeah, so so anyways, I mean the the story's, you know, the first uh story is pretty straightforward. I mean, he, you know, he's in the middle of um saving this little girl from some uh her soul is in some demon realm or something and he makes out with a woman while he's there and then he meets up yeah, he meets up later at the, uh, I think it's called the, the Bar with No Doors. It's a magicians-only lounge, which apparently has some history in the Marvel Universe. I didn't know that. I thought this oh, was yeah? just, like, something they created for this issue or this story. But I, I think I heard a review on another show, and um, this is apparently a, a thing. Um, but he, hmm. he, he hangs out with Dr. Voodoo, the Scarlet Witch, and uh, Shaman from Alpha Flight. I'm like, that's, that's, cool. Just, that's cool. It's just like a bunch of... Like the magic, you know, community. Which I, gathering? <laughs> yeah, they're just hanging out and drinking. Yeah. No, I I, I enjoyed it a lot too. I know what you're talking about, Dan, with the uh, the Bacallo art, and sometimes you have to uh, give it a second reading. But I find that to be part of the charm. For, for me, it's part of the charm. I, I love. It. I can't get enough of Chris Bacallo. So him doing this book was an instant buy for me. Um, I really liked, I'm not like you, I didn't really read a bunch of Doctor Strange. I read like, what was it, The the Oath, like a decade ago with Marcos Martin. Yeah, I read, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn, that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, The Oath was good. I'm not too that familiar with, you know, the and, character uh, having read much stories, but this one was a lot of fun, and it had like high concept and very imaginative, and it, the Bacala artwork and that zany detailedness of it really complimented what they seem to be wanting to do with this story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm liking what I've, what I've been reading so far. So I haven't actually gotten that far. Like, I'm just at the part where they're at the the bar with no door. But I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of this work, and Chris Pachalo is, is always a given. Even for four ninety nine for a digital copy. Um, he seemed younger in this which I thought was nice yes like a nice change you know especially coming off the heaviness of uh, what's gone on in Secret Wars and you know how they're all just so war torn in those stories at this point it's like hey he's nice and young and it's like a little bit you know I think like when they uh, had the girl walk up to to his house um, it reminded me of um, Sherlock, a little bit, 
you know, they like they real pronounced about what the street address was, and you know, the weird, you know, just kind of like uh, this, you know, this this is an important address, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also reminded me a little of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a little bit, you know, because he is he's Doctor Strange, he's a little bit strange, and um, and I but the thing I liked um, I like the subtlety uh, in the art and how his clothes changed in two different pages. Um, the one was when he first walked out the door and he was still, he walked out the door of the person he helped and his clothes just changed to street clothes with no, no hint of magic. It, they just changed. And I just taped it up and put it away. <laughs> and then, I'll take your word yeah, on it. I, I noticed that. I thought that was a cool effect. Yeah, it was a nice little subtle thing. And then the other one was the, uh, um, oh, when he first meets the girl in front of his house, and he's he's kind of walking around behind her, and you can see that he's changing in the pa- his clothing's changing in those panels as well, until he finally just kind of flies into the house and he's upside down in his room. <laughs> it's like one of those like, you know, I was like, oh, because even I was kind of like reading through it and was like, oh wait, that's him, you know, not just some guy in the street talking to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, well, like know, how stuff like the that. Cloak was like a scarf in that scene, and mm-hmm. I guess when he was leaving that apartment in the opening scene, I, I was more watching him using the cloak as stairs to walk, and so uh, I really missed that oh, bit about yeah. his wardrobe. And I was really enjoying that stuff and how they were using it like that. I, that's yeah, yeah he does that, and he does that later on in the book too. Like, and he's almost like surfing down his scarf or his cape or cloak or whatever at the end. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Now I'm looking at it too. Oh, get to that. Uh, flipping back again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, Jason Aaron uh, also writes Star Wars, so you know I got to throw that out there too. And I've been yeah. loving that book. So I mean, Chris Bocciola, Bacalo, and uh, Jason Aaron—that's a good combo. Mm-hmm. And I think I will probably buy the next issue. Yeah, I'll stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, same here. I think, you know, like, yeah, that $5 price mark is kind of high, but you get more book, you get more story than you normally do. Um, did, so. did, did anyone notice the random Christmas tree in his house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that was just really, <laughs> I'm like, that is bizarre. <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, it's... Uh-huh. Yeah, Let's see it, if it's in the back. It's maybe. it's shortly after they he takes the girl inside he his house. The girl in. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. And I'm like, does that mean anything? Because it seems like it's front and center, not front and center, but it's like it's it's, it's yeah centered is... in the page. Stay and, tuned, true believer. And it's you yeah. No, you know, Chris Bacalo when he did uh, Spider Man, he had a he had a heck of a good time doing winter scenes. So maybe they're just trying to get into the season. <laughs> I just feel like he had a good time with those. What's you know what what is neat about the art is, um, I think someone you know one of you guys said it's just like the the details the like the little th- details that you see, and there's that two page spread where he's uh, walking through the city and he has that third eye on his forehead, where he is where he can see the things that we can't see, you know like the right. um, the the parasites, like the metaphysical parasites that our souls um, attract, 
Right. Um, he calls them interdimensional bacteria. Um, he, and he says most are harmless, you know, but there are some that are are not that are that are, are I should say harmful. Uh, and then you know he actually decides you know he takes care of one right in the middle of the street, and to the onlookers he's just some guy who looks you know he's kind of mm-hmm. like doing some sort of weird dance in the middle of the street or something. And he meanwhile he's you know his you know he's doing like this interdimensional like psychic battle or something. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's like I, I, I like that, and, and the and the chain and the um, how they do the uh, the um, backgrounds and just like stark black and white to show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To show yeah. the difference between his world and our world, right? So that was really cool, and I hope uh, it's maybe a preview of what's to come with. Uh, the big screen adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how Marvel likes to like that um, synergy with the books and the movies. So this is a chance to sort of uh, start laying groundwork for what we can expect from a cinematic Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, it sounds like we're all we're all pretty much on board with Doctor Strange number one. Sounds like it was a winner. It's a hit. Indeed. Yeah. Negative. It just impacted on the surface. <laughs> there you go, Duke. That was for you, buddy. I got it. I got it. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, speaking of Star Wars references, I just have to say real quick. Um, I read Star Wars. Well, and, and speaking of Jason Aaron, um, yeah. So I read Star Wars number ten, and it just continues to be awesome. This. Um, which, uh, what happened in that one? This is the one that was almost like three separate stories. You have um, Luke being held captive by the the hut that collects Jedi artifacts. Okay. You have um, Han, oh, Leia, okay. and his wife, uh, Sana, who are trying to escape the Imperials. Um, and then you have Chewie and 3PO, which... All I have to say is I want to see more Chewie and 3PO oh <laughs> stories. That was like the, the best. They were like almost like good cop, bad cop, because they, they decide they're going to, um, you know, the, the Rebellion can't spare anyone to go rescue Luke. So in the last issue, Chewbacca's like, yeah, I'm going. And 3PO's going, went with him. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. I just like that part of the story was my favorite. I mean, the, the entire book was awesome. But um, watching Chewie and 3PO do the good cop, bad cop routine was just just so much fun. That's cool. And uh, I just want more of that. But um, also, I want Stuart Eminem to never stop drawing this book. Yeah. Because it's amazing. Stuart Eminem's amazing. Um, Did you also see, speaking of Chewbacca, the new Chewbacca book that just came out Um, uh, by Phil Noto? Yeah, I I haven't uh, yeah I, I saw, saw the cover. I haven't seen the actual book yet. I you know what I didn't pick Colonel it up Sanders? yet. What's that? Is it with Colonel Sanders? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but that would be okay too if Phil Noto drew it. Um, no, I didn't pick it up yet, only because I have a subscription. I don't know if it's going to be for you know. 
I don't know if that one's going to show up in my mailbox or not. So I'm, I'm going to flip through the first issue when I get when I go to work this weekend. I don't know if I'm going to buy it just because you know it, it it's almost like my thing with the Darth Vader book because you know they're both characters that can't really. They can't talk, so... They, they can't talk, or they, they can't emote, but both in different ways. Right. So as main characters, I don't know how effective they are. At least the good thing with um, with Chewbacca is it's only going to be five issues. That Yeah, that's true. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, too. Because like, Darth, the Darth Vader books just... I'm kind of looking for the end on it now. I think because of all the new stuff that's coming out, though. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long is this going? You know, if they and and that's what, I think that's what I want is them to just say this book's going to be thirty issues. Okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and then like um, you know, the, the Lando miniseries just wrapped up the yeah. same the same week as uh, Star Wars number ten came out, and that was also amazing. I mean, it, it and it the last issue went from being this this fun heist book to it, it got a little a little noirish mm-hmm. at the end because you know you find out that the 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 bounty hunter that's tracking Lando's crew you know she they take their helmet off and of course it's this it's a woman and you 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 know they that she and Lando know each other so you immediately think they have some sort of history or relationship but yeah. it's not it's not her and Lando. It's it's her and Lobot Ooh. that have the relationship, and and you you come to realize that Lobot, you know, and sh- and I think her name is Chanith Cha. They they're you know they have this uh, this rift between them because, and, and you never fully find out why, but all you know is Lobot chose a life with Lando over a life with her. Ah. And and he eventually, um, you know, he was injured in the last issue, and he mm-hmm. basically sacrifices his his humanity or his personality to save the three of them, and, and that's how he becomes, you know, he's like fully taken over by his head implants. Yeah, and uh, it was just really like it was like I said, it was just kind of noirish. It was like not a happy ending. What, you know, from a book that started out kind of like Ocean's Eleven in space, yeah. <laughs> like I said, got a little, like at the end, you're like, oh, man. That, but it was, that, that was Charles, Charles Soule and Alex Soul. Maleev. Yeah. And, but Charles that was, Soul was there. I should have <laughs> shook him. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that was, I mean, but that was a good miniseries. I mean, yeah. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, they hit it again with uh, Chewbacca. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but yeah, um, the Leia one was okay. That was probably the weakest book out of the Star Wars stuff so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Lando thing was, yeah, the Lando book was just awesome. So. Everything you want from a a dashing scoundrel like Lando. Yeah, I want and I, I want more Lando. Yeah, yeah. So, 
They should put that out as a pool quote. <laughs> I want Orlando. Comic book fan. Well, if you talk about books that had uh, dour endings, I can chime in on that one. Um, I won't do a, like a full-on third-grade book review on it. I'll just do a quick hit because we're getting long in the tooth. Um, last week, The Goon, Once Upon a Hard Time, Part 4 mm-hmm. came out. And if you've been following along or at least aware, then this whole time we've been led to believe that this was the end of The Goon. Uh, Eric Kyle was saying that he was done uh, telling yeah. the Goon story. He'd probably come back and revisit oh. Goon characters, but this was, you know, the time's got to come to... to Put a pin in it and uh, move on. So you start, you get this issue, you start into it. It seems very much like this is going to be the end for the goon. That this is the goon's last hurrah. Um, he's going to go down in a blaze of glory, fighting off these uh, evil priests that have been attacking the city he lives in. Um, you get through it, and we get thrown a curveball. Um, the goon does say win the day, defeats the uh, evil spirits that were attacking the city. Does not die, and he leaves, and he gets for what could be considered the goon a happy ending. And oh. then you get the end, it's like, yeah, and, and I'm to quote, and the goon found happiness for a time. For a time. The oh. end. Turn the page, <laughs> epilogue. And it's what? a little setup. And then you do page epilogue, and then coming soon, the Lords of Misery. And there's a little, <laughs> like, silhouette of the cast, and front and center is the goon. It's huh? like, oh, that cheeky monkey. Uh, he didn't get it at all, and and I go to the comic shop this week. One week later, new issue of the Goon out on stands. What? Yep, two issues in consecutive weeks. Wow. I didn't even know it was coming, Mind and it's blown. like it's in continuity. It takes place after this. He's part. He, was, he went to join a circus, basically. Which, if you know the Goon story, he grew up in a circus, so he kind of yeah. went home, if you will. So it's him with the circus, and it's a nice little classic, like one shot tale. You know, Halloween themed. Um, it's, it's a lord. It's a the Lords of Misery prelude. Can the Goon escape theater bazaar? And what they do, Dark Horse does with these books is on the inside cover, it'll say like the Goon number fifty four. Like it doesn't look like it. Like Goon once upon a hard time, you can say it's like number fifty three. So this one, it's number fifty four. So the train keeps moving. So we were led to believe that this was the end of an era. It was kind of like oh, single tier. And then I go to the shop this week, and boom, new one. Uh, already, already. Jeez. So I, I, I thought I had my ear to the ground. I mean, it's kind of tough to pull stunts like that with comics when you have to solicit so far in advance. Right. But it, it was pulled off, so you were able to get that Honestly, surprise. I get the bag handed to me, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah. I go up and read it. I'm like, "This is this is a new goon. Like, this is this. It's keep going. It's like that's awesome. So, that's all, right. man. Pow. Powerful." I heard that as well. I, I thought that was it, you know, and that's all I've se- all I've seen online is that it was over. Yep. Yeah. Nope. So that, that's a shocker. Indeed. That's that's frontline reporting right there. <laughs> Saved for the uh, <laughs> the way back end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was more pressing matters. But yeah, yeah, no, that was it. It was very good. I was impressed. I did just notice though that the price went up, but hey, whatever. Can't win them all. Mm. It's now a four dollar book. Man, yeah. a, a week ago it was three fifty. That's how they get you. <laughs> Inflation and strikes. <laughs> At least expecting that. Ah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Not right. all at once. <laughs> Anybody got else got anything? Uh, um, sure. I'll yeah. go up. I just finished reading Giant Size Kung Fu Bible Stories by Eric Larson and Bruce Tim and some other people. Nice. And I'll just kind of do a quick run through as well. It was more of an anthology. And I'm pretty sure the name is kind of loose because I read through the whole thing and didn't see much Kung Fu. <laughs> I think Bruce Tim's story kind of dabbled a little bit like with Bible references, but the only thing really, it was all giant size. It was pretty fun, actually. It was, these are all like fun science fiction stories. You can tell everyone was having fun telling them. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim actually got me into wanting to go to school for animation and whatnot. Nice. And so I always, when I hear that he did a comic, I'm usually like right there and like, oh, I still want to see what he did. Because nice. it's totally different when, what he does in his, um, his animation work. Well, it's more detailed what he does in his animation work. And I loved everything about it. It was pretty fun. Oh, and, uh, Tom Scholey did a few, uh, stories in there too. Nice. So, yeah, they were pretty neat. So everything was awesome. All the artwork was great. Uh, you can also check out like Art Adams pinups. Uh, Adam Warren did an empowered, uh, short story in there. So that was cool. I actually oh, like cool. empowered. So I like empowered that. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and overall, I, I definitely loved it. I hope. Uh, if they ever decide to do another one, I'll probably be there to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> I will be there if they call it like Ragnarok or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's Walt Simonson's thing. So, uh, uh, I, meant, I meant to say Revelation. There you go. There you go. I think that, no, I'm just That's so much as well. There should have been more Kung Fu. Just more Kung Fu. More kung fu. Don't don't sell me on kung fu and then not have any kung fu. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, all right, I will talk about one book very quickly. Okay. Uh, Secret Wars number six uh, finally came out, and uh, what can I say about it? Um, there's this cover. The cover that I bought has Thanos fighting the hordes of the undead. Um, that does not happen in the book, which is kind of distracting. And um, but they sort of reveal what's going on with you know how Battle World was formed. They've now revealed that uh, Molecule Man is actually um, Doom's method of holding the world together. Um, and uh, when he pulled the, you know, the, the shards of dimensions together to form the battle world, they, of course, that's all he pulled together. He didn't pull together a universe with stars. So there was no star. There was no sun. Um, so he had Johnny Storm become the stuff, the sun. 
And um, the other re- the other revelation of the book, which a lot of people correctly guessed, uh, there was a shield. There was called what it, a shield wall that protected most of the realms from the horrible realms. And now we know that it is actually Ben Grimm, the thing, is the is actually the shield wall itself. So Doom actually took two of his because he hates Reed Richards so much, and Reed wasn't even around when he did this stuff. But he just was like, "Ah, these guys are friends with Reed, so I am going to put them in situations where they can't fight back." So he had Johnny as the son. And thing is the wall, and they couldn't do anything because they believe that they're helping everyone. But huh. really, Doom used them as pawns. Uh, that scene with the wow. thing in Thanos, where in yeah. Thanos is talk is, is pretty much cooling Ben Grimm in that the reality that he knows is not the true reality. Yes, and in that end scene where the fifty foot tall Ben Grimm stands up. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, it's clobbering time. It is. Uh, it is it was a really great moment. My, my favorite moment of that book, Scott, was when the Spider-Men met the Molecule Man. Yeah. <laughs> and Miles had that hamburger in his pocket. Because the Molecule Man <laughs> is always hungry, apparently, from just doing his job. He's like, hey, I'm I'm starving in here. And so for folks trying to follow along, uh, the, there's Peter and Miles who are... Uh, refugees from the universes that we all knew and love um, are looking for clues as to how Doom did this and discover Molecule Man is the power source. And because Molecule Man is constantly hungry, he needs food. And, and Peter's like, I got nothing. And Miles produces a hamburger from his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and, Which, and it was pretty comical. It's, you know, in this very heavy book, it was a really, really funny moment, and it the was, exchange between the two was great. He's like, wait a minute, where did you get this hamburger from? And he's like, well, I got it before I left to, you know, to go fight before the worlds collided. And he's like, that was like, how many he's, years? He's like, eight So he's like, you had that hamburger eight years and three weeks? And he's like, I don't think the suspended animation can. He's like, fine, you've had that hamburger three weeks? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you probably shouldn't be eating that. And he's like, cut the molecule man, he's just chowing down on it. And the molecule man's like, oh, my God, so good. <laughs> I, I sort of hope that like Molecule Man gets like food poisoning. That's like the undoing of battle. <laughs> the next issue is just Molecule Man sitting on the toilet for the whole issue. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, but yeah, the whole Doom's. It's interesting how they've taken this story that should have, which I thought was going to be about the Beyonders, but it's it, it's a classic fa- Fantastic Four story. Um, that Doom is the villain, and Reed Reed was in that stasis as well, and now he's now he's on the scene, and Doom is freaking out because he's like, I looked all over this planet for him, you know, and of course he wasn't there, you know. Now he's and here. Compound matters. There's two Reeds. Yeah, and the, it's the evil Reed from yeah. the Ultimate Universe, which I'm not Reels. familiar with uh, the Maker from the Ultimate books, but. Uh, I, I mean, I know enough to know enough, and I was—I really did enjoy the interaction between the two reads. As what well. it is is that 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 read is—it's not that he's evil; it's just that I think he has no moral compass, so he does not really care, mm. you know, uh, like who lives or dies in the in an effort to, you know, for him to 
do whatever he wants. You know, like science or anything. So, um, but even their discussion was great, and I just liked how, you know, regular Reed just kind of, he said, like, semantics to him, and that was the end of the conversation. You know, like, they, they're so smart and know each other so well already that they don't have to argue at length. They were just like, right. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're so evenly matched. Yeah. But they're working together because they're like, we got to get rid of doom. And of course, good, you know, normal read is like, well, what happens if we get rid of doom? What happens to us? And the other one's like, who cares? You know, <laughs> like we just got to get rid of them. <laughs> so, which, you know, from, from a, what this story is telling, that's a good, good scene to use to set up, you know, pretty much, I guess, the next act or whatever, if you will, to hint that, you know, it's not just going to be a simple punch Doom in the face and everything right. goes back to normal. Right. It, it does posit the question, of, well, how does everything go back to normal after this is done? So now, now that we're going down that path in the story. I like that. Um, I also liked how Thanos illustrated what kind of character Doom is. Yeah. All, um, all the interactions are really good. Like, like the, the, like that Thanos, Ben Grimm scene, the, the two reads, the, the two, the Spider-Man with, uh, Molecule Man. Yeah. And even, uh, is it Val- Valeria? Richards? Yeah, Valeria. Yeah, the daughter. Yeah. That Reed's daughter that she does not know who Reed Richards is, though. Yeah, is yeah. Awesome. She, she's re- she's finding the text. She's like, no, nah, never heard of him. Whoever he is, he sucks at a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. I've I've made the decision as far as Secret Wars goes. I'm still gonna I'm gonna read it, but from this point forward, from I'm gonna actually just wait until it, all the issues. All. Yeah, because because now the all new, all different whatever is is coming out. So, it, you know, it's it, at this point Secret Wars is just another another alternate universe story that I'm not gonna hinge my current reading on because it doesn't you know it doesn't make it doesn't matter it all works out in the end yeah like i mean spoilers you know i think that's what's irritating about some of the stuff that marvel's coming at you know they're already revealing uh who some of the you know who made it through and just i saw in one of the books that the maker makes it to the regular universe so now we're going to have this read this other Reed Richards, mm-hmm. you know, who's the maker, and it's going to be well, now. This, it's, yeah, yeah. Now it's the journey instead of the destination with this. Book it is, book. yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to concern myself with Secret Wars until it's all finished, and then I'll just read it as one story, and then, but then anything that comes out, like for example, I mean, I, you know, I picked up um, Invincible Iron Man number one. I just oh, yeah. I just read it because it, it, and at no point does it ever make and it's same with Doctor Strange number one at mm-hmm. no point does it ever make any mention of what's come before it's just like right. nope first issue here we go let's have some fun Invincible Iron Man number one by the way a lot of fun yeah Brian Michael Bendis David, David Marquez I mean just a great first issue I'm in I'm in for that as well um but yeah it's like yeah. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm just not going to, you know, when these Secret War issues come out, I'm not going to rush right out and get them. I'm just going to stockpile them and then read them when it's over. Which should be December? 
Yeah, uh, supposedly. It should be. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like, i got to wait till December anyways for this thing to finish. I might as well just wait and just, like I said, let, let the last issues pile up and then read them at once. Yeah. Because they're not going to impact the new, you know, the new status quo at all. No, because you already got to know what the impact is. Yeah, exactly. That's it's like why you know there's no point in in trying to keep up with Secret Wars at this point because the new story you know, the, the new stories and characters are already surpassing it. So, yeah. mm-hmm. which uh, I thought I I don't know if Scott may I spoil the ending of Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, because there was a one little bit. I don't know if you read or knew. I think I talked about this with Sean. The only thing that was exciting is. Um, I'll call it Kirby Doom. Like Kirby Doom, Doom with just a little scar on his face. Like that's it. Oh. That's Kirby Doom. Like, nice. Oh, that's sweet. But now, now the 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 question is, how do we get to Kirby Doom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we see a different Doctor Doom in the last page of Invincible Iron Man, and yeah, it's like, oh, how did this happen? But at the same time, that could have happened in any issue. You know, where I mean, it's not. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they could have pulled that stunt off yeah. any time. So it's not like, oh my god, what happened at the end of Secret Wars? It's like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tune in later. Find no, out. Just know that it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's weird. Like I said, as disenchanted as I am with like all new, all different Marvel, and there's just a few books that I'm getting from it, and there was a lot that I dropped or was going to get and then decided not to get. I do enjoy Secret Wars way yeah. more than I thought, and, and for a series that I had no intentions of picking up, mm-hmm. uh, Hickman. It's, yeah, it's 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 quite good. Yeah, Hickman just like because he can write at that level, like that scope of story, is incredible. So, um, I yeah, yeah, he's he's a talent, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, well done. Yep. Well done. Well, we should start. We should wrap this up because we've been gone on yes. for a while. I just want to uh, quickly mention that I actually wanted to talk about this in more detail, but um, I'm not going to. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Paper Girls number one by Brian K. Vaughn and Chif- uh, Cliff Chang. Mm-hmm. Um, just go out and read it and wait for the last page um, uh, reveal, cliffhangers, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm in for Paper Girls. It's pretty should, awesome. Should it be next week's book review book? Um, <laughs> we can't. Well, you know what? We didn't. We did not get a review copy of it. Oh, okay. I actually. Well, we'll pick one that. Yeah. Yeah, but if somebody wants to uh, pick a, a book for next week, we can discuss that off air. But um, I would recommend to you as my my podcasting compadres, uh, Paper Girls number one is pretty awesome. If you're into okay. if you're into BKV, I, I got it in the pile to read. So, so yeah, so maybe I'll yeah uh, maybe I'll talk about it next week. But just in general, it's okay. it's pretty awesome. So I might have to stop by your store and pick it up. There you go. I give you the friends and family discount. He's just gotta read it in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You just have yeah. To, yeah, you just have to take it. So where do you think you're going? Yeah, just here. Gonna read right now. You said, pretty much you said, just look at the last page. I did. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> 50 cents. <laughs> it's actually, um, I think it's uh, just to 
put a little uh, incentive. It's um, it's only it's two ninety nine, and I'm pretty sure it's forty eight pages. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's a pretty hefty bang book. for your buck, folks. Yeah, it's a pretty hefty book. So if that if that sweetens the pot any, forty eight pages, two ninety nine. Image is killing it. Image is killing it. Nice. All right. So, um, yeah, we, well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, anyone have any final, uh, final words, thoughts? Um, as far as announcements go, I'm not sure when this is posting, but if it's posting in time, final weekend for the Drawn in Pittsburgh exhibit at the Toonsium this week. And so, uh, if you're in town, get a chance to stop on down, check it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're all represented in one form or another. I guess Dan's in spirit. Dan's represented. Yep. <laughs> and uh, October twenty fourth at Century Three Mall uh, is the New Dimension Comics comic show. That's right. Yeah, and I'll have a table there. Go and visit think, Scott. And I'll cool. bet Dan will be there too. I will most definitely be there. Nice. In in some capacity. Okay. Streaks ending for your old pal over here. <laughs> yeah, for you. I did like five of those, and this one I. I did not do it, and then swapped I, it out. I debated at the last second, and it was too late, so the debate was settled. So, I well, it out. I did not know anything about it, so <laughs> or at least I least forgot it. about it. So, all right, well, so this has been episode Comic Book Pit episode two twenty one. I'm Dan. I'm Scott. I'm Jared. I'm Sean. And we'll see you next time.